With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. With All the right. way my head feels right now. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, anyone listening, and welcome back to another episode of the Views from the Loft podcast. I'm Aaron. Joining me as always, Trevor. Glad to be back on this someday afternoon. Special episode of the podcast. This one's going to be going up normal time i know isn't that something that's amazing look at us uh, being productive how was your week trevor anything ah. happened besides nicotine withdrawal uh, nothing significant nothing got... meaningful beyond that i mean i've had a decent week though i've had a good week that's good just not got... an outstanding week i got vaccinated so oh yeah yeah, I got the first shot, so I go in for the other one in like a month. Well, it was nice knowing you, Bubby. Yeah, I got the I got the Bill. Uh, I was gonna say Bill Nye. Why did I? I got the who's the Microsoft guy? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. I got those Bill Gates like micro drones in my bloodstream now. That's tracking the me. The micro drones. I'm gonna become a femboy for Biden. You know. Hey, Difficult kind of, things. It's worth it. I'm gonna be looking so many doorknobs and kissing so many random people on the street. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Trevor, you want to talk about the news? What news has there been? Not much. Again, <laughs> it's been a <laughs> slow couple weeks for news, but I guess the big thing that happened this past week is the Snyder Cut finally came out. It's true, and people like it. It's getting pretty good reviews. Really. And I, and I thought that it would be like inflated, um, but I follow a lot of people who like are not fans of Zack Snyder at all, and they're saying like, "Yeah, this is actually pretty good." That's um, nice to hear. That's actually pretty relieving. Yeah, it has a three point six average on Letterboxd, which you know, that's good for Letterboxd. Yeah, I mean, I like most movies that have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I forgot what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. I can check really quick. It has a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Ah, so it's a 7 out of 10. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that, that seems to be the general consensus. Some people feel much stronger. Some people really dislike it. But And I'm sure those are the two opposite ends of the Zack Snyder spectrum. Yeah, I'm not like a fan of Zack Snyder, but I'm glad that he... I, I would rather see like his vision then you know they just it's it's weird to think that like this was his movie and they just brought someone in and they're like okay now finish someone else's art yeah <laughs> like it's very surreal yeah and i'd rather Zack snyder's art and you know he's the kind of guy who i'm convinced is like when he dies he like his will is gonna say crucify my corpse <laughs> Like, I, I, you know, to, to put somebody like Joss Whedon onto his project is essentially <laughs> the exact opposite of Zack Schneider in a lot of ways. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Astounding. Like, 
regardless of how you feel about Zack Snyder, I would rather see someone's like complete vision versus like what Marvel does where they just hire some director who's got like one movie that has some hype and then they just throw them to direct the next superhero movie and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is your first like big Hollywood action gig. So you have to yeah. do exactly what we say. Frankly, I just prefer a Zack Snyder movie to a Joss Whedon movie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Joss Whedon. But anyway, uh, he's been doing I just like like shitting on Joss Whedon whenever I get a chance to. Like whenever I yeah. feel his name, I feel like honor bound to just say some snide comment about Joss Whedon and how I. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, I guess he's been doing like a bunch of press after the movie has released, so most of the news is related to stuff he's saying about his movie. So. The first thing is this league too? Maybe. He's confirmed that Lois Lane is pregnant in Justice League. Bro. Um, I haven't seen it, so maybe that's hinted at, or maybe she's just like straight up pregnant in the movie. Um But he said, She's definitely pregnant. And then he says, I always wanted Barbara Gordon to come into the movies. Gordon would be on the way out, we'd have Barbara starting to play a bigger role. My idea was that Batman sacrifices himself. There would be a window where there was no Batman. And then Barbara fills that role until the Superman's child, who has no powers, becomes Batman. (laughs) He says that was the idea anyway. It just seemed to make sense. Then, of course, Barbara could have been his mentor. But who knows? That's all. See, now we're just. It actually sounds like something kind of. I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't he, mind that. Like, he's trying, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, kind of uh, atypical. Like, you don't really... Like, you, Superman's son becomes Batman. Uh, and, he, and he does, and he's completely powerless. Like, that's... Yeah. Kind of... I mean, I know it's not like... It's one of those things we've talked about where it's like, if it were in anything else, it wouldn't <laughs> be that significant. But for a superhero movie, it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um... There was also, he said that he had an idea to bring in Ryan Reynolds just as a cameo. <laughs> uh, so he's confirmed that he wanted Green Lantern to be in the movie. And that there was going to be a scene where they had someone else cast as Green Lantern. But then, you know, there were other Lanterns there, like part of the Lantern Corp or whatever they're called. And one of them was going to be played by Ryan Reynolds. So... That's kind of fun, I guess. Oh, I guess the shocking reveal in Justice League isn't Green Lantern. Yeah, I think I know what it is. but I, won't I think say. I know what it is, too, but we won't okay. talk about that, I guess. Yeah. Um. He also said that he tried to advocate for Superman having a mullet. Because, like, in the original Deaths of Superman comic, he comes back with a mullet and a beard and a black suit. And You're right. They do that in, Death, in the animated movie. They give him the mullet and everything. Yeah, he said he said there was studio pushback and that he was just lucky enough to get them to make the suit black. So he he could not get that mullet, but he tried. Dude, I would have loved that. You think they could have at least given him the beard? The beard. Why wouldn't yeah. they give him the beard if they also had that issue in the first place of him having a mustache? Wouldn't it have made more sense to just You're go right. ahead and give him the, full, the beard? full beard? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it would <laughs> it would still achieve the same like look that he was going for with the mullet as well right yeah like that he's that it's you know time has passed he's been or he you know could have went full on and given him like jesus hair like long oh god hair beard <laughs> I, i'd like that more than a mullet but it'd be more Zack snyder bullshit 
could be very Zack Snyder. Um, and then the final thing is he said that he has talked to, like, I guess, I don't know what the DCEU is now. Like, I don't even know if it's a thing still. But he says, like, there were talks at some point to get Adam Driver uh, in on the DCEU. And for a while, uh, Adam Driver was rumored to be playing Lex Luthor. So maybe that's the role that he was in talks for. Yeah, uh, would have liked would have it been more. A much. Yes. <laughs> I don't uh, think who plays him, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I don't think he's bad. I just don't like the that character of of. Well, I don't know. I kind of do. I, I like that he's like a like a Mark Zuckerberg, like a modern. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I don't like. I just think he looked stupid. Fundamentally, yeah. I think he a lot of his dialogue is like the worst of Zack Snyder shit. You know, the demons they come from the sky above, not from below. You know, like whatever the fuck he says. Grand- Grandma's peach tea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the like the look, the idea of him. You yeah, know, yeah. not I so agree. much the execution in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um... It's the same with. I mean, Jared Leto's Joker, I guess. I don't know if, what he's like oh, yeah. in this movie. That was another thing that I didn't put on the news, but I guess uh, <laughs> we live in a society that was Jared Leto's idea. He wanted to say that in the trailer. <laughs> so that seems like a Jared Leto thing. That's a very Jared Leto thing to do. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what else? What else, baby? There's a new Resident Evil film coming. Oh boy! I think that's already been known, but it's direct. It's being directed by Johannes Roberts, and they've—I guess—they've announced the name Re- Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. That's—I mean, given the track record, that's not the name I thought. I thought it'd be like Resident Evil Vindication. Well, I think it's a, new, it's a new one. Like this isn't going to be part of the current Resident Evil cinematic franchise oh right of course the one that everybody Um, cares so intimately yeah i think this is more of like a hollywood like big budget uh it's going to be based on the first two resident evil games and we'll include the main characters from those i haven't played them so i don't know well i don't think the original movies are actually even strict adaptations of the games yeah they're they aren't i don't think so because i've never seen any of those and i've also never played the first few resident i played resident evil games but not those and like i don't you know yeah i mean you know whatever who cares monster <laughs> hunter well that's the only thing anybody cares about and that's already out but nobody watches it because it's holy fucking garbage all right next piece of news uh i guess Back in January, I don't even remember if we covered this or or not. There was a rumor, probably not because we were on our break. There was a rumor that Chris Evans would be returning to the MCU, which I think we talked about this in our personal lives, but not on the podcast. Um, But Kevin Feige has confirmed that that's not true. Oh, well, that's actually a relief. Yeah, so so when that happened, uh, Chris Evans on Twitter said, that's news to me, and then... Uh, Feige said, I rarely, I rarely answer no to anything anymore because things are always surprising me with what happens. But that rumor, I think, was dispelled rather quickly by the man himself. Um, now I think there's rumors that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be coming back. Just let people die and be dead. 
I know there's a way that from like comic book tradition that they could do it. Like, I think at some point. Wait, I mean, no, that... I don't know though because I think they did that with Doom. Everyone in comics have have died and come back. Because there's like a well, like they didn't. It was like a better way of doing it. It wasn't like a trashy oh, way because yeah. they didn't actually bring him back. Like they had an arc or something. I, I, because I'm not a comic book guy completely, so nobody mark me on this. Where Doctor Doom is Iron Man. Yeah, Doctor Doom's Iron yeah. Man, and the AI in the suit is like, a, yeah, yeah, I think a I constructive Tony. There was like a two month time period because that's when they rebooted everything, right? I think so. Oh, they've there done was, that a few times. I don't know. Yeah. Sure, but. There was like a two month time period in high school where like Marvel rebooted everything. And I was like, now's the time I read comics. And I read like some Spider-Man, some Iron Man, some Black Panther and Moon Knight. And I didn't keep up with it. But I do remember reading an Iron Man story where it was Doctor Doom. Um, Finally, this is TV news, but... HBO is developing three Game of Thrones spinoffs, and they've announced the names and, I guess, a brief description. So, The Nine Voyages follows the great voyages at sea made by Corliss Valeran. Okay. Flea Bottom, set in the poor slum district in King's Landing. And 10,000 ships following Princess Nymeria after her defeat by the Valerian Freehold. I like those, the first one and the third one. I like those, because I'm like a Game of Thrones lore nerd, and those are cool characters, especially Nymeria um, and the Roinar. That's, that's a whole thing, and I'd, I'd like to see that. And I thought they were, I knew they were going to do that one eventually, because mm -hmm. they keep, they talk about that a lot in the actual show even, because like Arya names her wolf Nymeria. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, isn't that the name of Arya's wolf? There's that, and like I don't know, I'm, Oberyn and the rest of the Dornish, because they're like directly descended from her people. You know that probably gets brought up at some point. But like you know, that's a cool thing. But who the fuck cares about Flea Bottom? Like but it's, it's the just the gonna... slum. Trevor, oh my god, it's just, it's just the part Arya hides in after Ned's killed. Like that's it. That's Flea Bottom. You gonna make a whole show out of that? That'll be a nice one season thing. Who's going to give a shit about that? And this is in addition to their other ones, right? Pro yeah, don't they have other... Because they have the big one, which is like the fire and blood. Like the history of the Targaryen house. Yeah. Um, they've got that, and I think there's a long night one, and then there's the tale of Duncan Egg. So that's like six. Oh my, they're just going to milk this thing. I don't know about the long night one. That one might have been canceled. But I, I, I feel like I've heard people talk about the other two recently enough like they keep announcing castings for fire and blood so why are they having <laughs> they're trying to do the disney thing like the star wars mcu thing but with game of thrones and i don't have faith in it but we'll yeah. see i wonder how strong the interest is going to be since like everyone hated how it ended I i'll watch them like i know i will like i can't not but i don't know how good yeah. they'll be I don't know. I mean, I'm being overwhelmed with content. There's t Falcon and the Winter Soldier is out. Like, and I, I even yeah, seen I just learned that like a few minutes ago before we started recording. Yeah, I haven't even seen WandaVision yet. I watched the first nope. episode and it was I didn't okay, finish the Mandalorian. Yeah, I still haven't seen season two of Mandalorian. Um, what are we doing with ourselves? 
not consuming Disney's content. I We're guess. supposed to be the ultimate content purveyors. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta bump up our content numbers. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of content, we watched some content for this podcast. We watched the blood on Satan's claw. Smooth transition. That was uh, so smooth. Now, as normally, as usual, uh, we will talk about this with spoilers, but I'll provide a brief description from Letterboxd to uh, jog anyone's memory who might have not seen this film in a bit. It is released in 1971, directed by Piers Haggard. The accidental unearthing of Satan's earthly remains causes the children of a 17th century English village to slowly convert into a coven coven of devil worshippers there you go i mean that's it that's the what story. else could you say <laughs> what else could you say really um what did you think about this movie that was kind of bizarre and i don't know if it was usually when i say that i mean it very like uh positively yeah i'm not sure if i mean it as positively this time yeah I like this movie, like don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh a lot of it seems off in like a bad way. Cause it something I mean I thought it was kind of tonally inconsistent in some parts for one thing. Um Yeah, I thought it was paced really weird. Yeah, I don't really even know how to talk about that. Uh yeah, I th- I mean I think definitely like inconsistent tone can play into pacing. You know, if it just feels like these scenes aren't, like, connected tonally. Um, and there were... Well, what, what, do we want to talk about what we liked or what we disliked first? What do you want to do? Let's get what we liked. Okay. What we liked? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I like the music. I, I really enjoyed the music. I thought it was interesting. Because it was kind of, like, period accurate, I guess, but it kind of had, like, a sinister, like, undertone. Yeah, I, di- I did like that, and I don't mean to immediately start talking about something I didn't like after I said <laughs> we should talk about what I do like. Some of it was a bit bizarre, though, because I-, I agree with you to a certain extent, because I had that same thought while I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty sinister in tone, you know? really feel like something perverse is happening here, and that's what you want from it. But then, like, there are scenes where, like, I swear to God... I don't know if I'm just misremembering, but I swear there's a scene where, like, some woman gets her, like, clothes torn at. Somebody gets their clothes torn at, and they play, like, a, like, a boing, like, sound effect. <laughs> like, I didn't notice that. That's it was something funny. like that. It was, like, bwomp, bwomp, bwomp. It was something, like, really comical almost. Like, comedic, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know about that. But otherwise, I do, I do concur. It did feel very sinister. Yeah, and um, I I like the horror element of, like, just how cruel the kids could be, and it made it more, like, disturbing to watch because, like, they all knew each other, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they were like, doing this to people they knew. Yeah, luring these kids into with. traps and, and killing them. And, and it makes you believable as to why people would go along with it and would fall for these things. Yeah, and it was, like, just a lot of really cruel things happened to, like, innocent children. Um, and I really liked uh, Linda Hayden, who played Angel, which I guess oh, yeah. is kind of, like, the main antagonist. I thought she was really good, and that was probably, like, 
best part of like the horror aspect of it was her performance. I think she was really creepy and did a really good job of playing like a, just an unlikable villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the movie would have been better serviced if they didn't have anything about people getting patches of skin on themselves. Yeah, I, I was. Think like... be, I think it'd I be was... better if it was just the hand. Yeah, like I, was... I, I like the idea of the hand, like that being the threat. Like, is that people just spontaneously either hallucinate or literally conjure a devilish hand and just do something crazy, you know? Yeah, like, I was gonna say, not to, again, transition to stuff I didn't like, but, like, that aspect of it worked really well for me. But then when it got to, like, there's, like, an actual demon <laughs> and <laughs> the fur and stuff, it's, like, that stuff I didn't really like because it, it's just kind of goofy and it looked yeah. goofy and I know it's a seventies. So maybe for the time it was okay, but watching it now, it, it just kind of took me out of it. And it's like, it did not meet the same like sinister undertones or creepiness as like just evil children doing like evil acts to other children. Well, like, yeah. I mean, with the setting like this, you would think that'd be the whole point is that it's not, I mean, it can be overt, but it's not explicit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it it is more implicit. It's just this idea that there's something corrupting. There's some kind of influence on them and on the town, the village. And yeah. it kind of takes the wind out of that when you see a big old spooky, you know. I mean, not even spooky. It was kind of fucking dumb it. looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, they don't even show it enough that like, you yeah, can you actually really don't stay with confidence. It. Yeah. It's not like a hairy. less is more. You just, it's just a big hairy thing. I like the way it sounded. Okay. It did sound pretty cool, yeah. Um, and I was like, that's nice. That's nice. It would have been better though if it had just been its voice. Like if sometimes the the children yeah. like were like overcome and like speak in tongues almost, and that voice comes out. That would have been more haunting yeah. than like I don't know than that guy with like the fucking Chewbacca fucking outfit on, <laughs> sitting in the back, just going. <laughs> he was pretty short going. too, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he, he was not very. Tall. He was very short. He wasn't very like menacing or anything. He was a short king. Sorry, short short kings, but short demon prince. Demon yeah. king. <laughs> All right, what else did you like about this? I guess I like the overall atmosphere, kind of. I, I, I mean, the setting. You know, I, I, I've never seen like a full horror movie before, so I kind of like that because mm. I've never really seen anything like this before. I know it's not like the most popular offshoot of horror, but no. You mentioned The Wicker Man last week. Yeah, like, um, and I suppose if you wanted to be kind of generous, you could extend it to like Robert Eggers and like The Witch. Yeah, I was gonna and say uh, the witch, maybe Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer, Midsummer definitely would be, but like, but that's kind of the thing, and that's like traditionally. I mean, I guess if this is like the first one, you can kind of give it a pass at that, but like that's usually what's so effective about it is like in things like The Wicker Man and in uh, films like that. It's it's just in Midsummer, like there's like it's the people themselves. Yeah. And and a concept that isn't realistic, right? Like Yeah, but you don't some, see like paganism or some kind of uh demonic influence or something like that. Like that's 
because in Wicker Man they're not even devil worshippers; they're just pagans. Like that's that's just all it is. Yeah. Um, just like in Midsummer. And I think there's a lot. Uh, I just completely lost what I was going to say as I was speaking. <laughs> um, I, I I think it would have been a lot more intriguing if it was like you said, just the children, like it, and kind of this like hint towards a, something darker, but they don't show it. Mm-hmm. and don't like explain it you know what i mean overall though i did like the atmosphere i don't think yeah the stuff i say and complain about i don't think fully undercut it enough for me to be that pissed off yeah i don't Just like hate kind this of movie mildly frustrated i'd, I'd say um because there's more potential there yeah exactly i don't hate uh, it but there's definitely a better movie here somewhere um mm-hmm. Besides you... Angel, I wasn't like blown away by any of the performances. But I no liked one the kid in bad. green. Uh, like the one who he wasn't. He he only has like a few scenes, and it's it's really hammy. But I liked him anyway. Like uh, it's the one like when the guy is uh when they kill the one kid, in like the shed or whatever, and then yeah. he goes up to the oh, mom yeah. and he's like, she will he won't be needing those anymore. <laughs> That was that was yeah that was a creepy scene, kind of funny it, but also like creepy. Exactly, that's what makes like, it kind of scary. Like yeah. it works. The com the comedic thing works in some instances like that, where it's like it's mm-hmm. because he's off his fucking rocker, you know? Yeah. Like like that, and like later on, where it's like it's just a game. We could just play. Um, I did. You see can that... be. A, well, we're cannibals, and you're our vic. You know. Yeah, I did see that the part of, like, the judge, they offered it to Peter Cushing, uh, mm. but he had to decline because of uh, his wife got sick. And then they also wanted Christopher Lee, but his fee was too high. So, You know, that's actually, I, you know, I would never normally say this about Christopher Lee. I think he's, I think he'd be a bad pick. A bad pick? Yeah, for that role. I don't, I don't think know. that's I the kind like of. It could work. I, I don't. I mean, know. They, I feel like they'd have to change. They would the have character to change around. the character, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine him working in that role. It's um, like the kind of the perception I ended up getting about the judge by the who he is actually only credited as the judge, right? Like, in yeah, the, he doesn't have the judge. Like he is, um, well, because they present him like the antagonist in the beginning, almost. Yeah. He's so like you know over the top right about mm-hmm. everything despite the fact that i guess he doesn't believe in any of this stuff you know yeah like, i got the impression he had something to do with it because he was so in denial about everything but, yeah i i saw him as like the mayor from jaws in the beginning like the yeah that's yeah is so ignorant he just denies anything is happening and he kind of becomes a villain because of that but i he just leaves. <laughs> That's another one of my problems for this movie, and I think this might play into pacing too. Is that one? There's there's no real main character, which no. that can that can work, but I don't think it works in this movie. And two, characters just leave, and either never come back or come back like later on. Mm-hmm. Um, like the. The guy who got his arm, the guy who cut off his own hand, I thought he was the main character. Like, the first half hour, I'm like, oh, this is obviously the main character. 
and then he just never is seen it. Like he may come. I think he comes back up one more time. Yeah, and I don't he, even remember when that was. Like, it's literally. I think it's literally just to bring the judge home. Like it's nothing. Or no, it's to go tell the judge or something. Yeah, it's nothing of importance. And his wife, who was like the first one who was possessed, she's not in the movie after the opening scene, right? Like she never comes back. Yeah. What was that like? And then the aunt who disappeared in the beginning, mm. she ne- she never came back either, did she? I don't remember. I don't think so. Like I get, I get that she disappeared. Like that's the point of it. But I thought there would be some kind of like resolution to that. No. Yeah. And I thought his. I thought the guy who cut off his hand, I thought his wife would end up being, like, kind of the main villain, which I'm okay that she wasn't, because, like I said, I like Angel, but it's just weird that she never, like, she went through something different, because she grew a claw, and no one else grew a claw, right? Like, everyone else Well, he grew a claw, and that's why he cut it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there are also other people with their hands seemingly cut off, so I guess you're right. Yeah. This is a thing that he does. For some reason, I was thinking that the guy, the guy who cut off his hand, that he didn't actually grow a claw. That that was like a that was like a trick, like a mind trick to make him cut off mm-hmm. his own hand, like he was going insane because it's a normal hand after he cuts it off. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess that's how it works. I guess it might turn back. Yeah. We never get to see anybody else's hand after the fact. But like isn't after... the point that they're cutting them off to give them to the demon so he can reform? Which is a good question, then. Because I do distinctly remember one woman with, like, the hand missing. Yeah. And then the guy lost his hand. He cut his hand off. And then the girl... I mean, do they have to go get it? Like, do they have to go, like, fetch it? Like, is that how this know. is? Did she just not cut it off? And then he's like, oh, well, all right. I guess I'll have to pull that one again. Someone else will just grow another one. Maybe he's got three hands. I don't know. Maybe he's, 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 Maybe. he's got, he's got like, really a, it's like Penguins in Madagascar. He's got a hand coming, like an arm coming out of his ass. Yeah. I don't know. They don't show him to you. He could... <laughs> but anyway, just, like, a lot of shifting perspective on a bunch of different characters that I don't think none of them are developed that much as much as they should be. And a lot of threads in the story just seem to be like dropped randomly and never come back Mm -hmm. up again. And that just kind of took me out of it and made it less interesting for me to like pay attention, I guess. Yeah. So I think that plays into pacing for me. Um, yeah, I don't know, because, uh, I mean, like, you couldn't talk about, like, the judge ends up being presented as kind of like the main character, but also the Ralph guy kind of is, and then it's like, yeah. you know, See, and I none just... of them, and they don't dedicate themselves enough to the idea of not having one for that to work. Yeah, so exactly. Just, it leaves it in this strange interim where, like, none of it really seems very coherent. Like, like Ralph... you have to have coherency in your lack of it or, you know, actual coherency, and it doesn't have either. Yeah, like, the judge and the guy who cuts off his hand are in the beginning, and Ralph isn't really in the beginning that much. Yeah, he, well, he's, like, in the very in the beginning. Very, like, he's the one who and finds then he disappears, it. Then he disappears. Like, for, like, an hour, I'd say, up yeah. until, like, the last act. And then act. the judge and the guy with the hand disappear for, like, 
then the judge comes back at the end and the guy who cut off his hand like never comes back like because the middle of the movie is mostly like the reverend and the kids oh yeah i forgot about yeah yeah exactly so it's like oh and the reverend isn't involved in the conclusion of the movie in any way he just kind of just like i mean they they falsely arrest him and then they're like oh well guess we're wrong about that we're pissing out of here and then that doesn't do anything um, I do remember reading that uh, the film was originally meant to be uh, three loosely connected but completely separate stories. I guess they wouldn't be completely separate if they were like very loosely connected but pretty separate stories. What, like the claw, I guess? Like, yeah, I don't think coming it... up in different contexts. Yeah, so maybe that plays into why it feels this way. Like if these were originally meant to be three different stories, you could have a story where like the judge and the guy with the one hand are the main, that's like the main conflict. And then you could have a story where Ralph is like the main character. Then you could have a story where, um, the priest and his conflict with the kids. Mm -hmm. So I guess that sounds exactly like what it would have been. Yeah. Like it would have been, De- demon in all of them but like a power struggle between the judge and the guy with the one hand then a uh, story with ralph he loses his his bewed to like a cult and then he finds another woman and tries to like break her away from the cult to like i guess redeem the loss of his of his love and then you have a power struggle between a priest and a bunch of kids who start like a coven mm-hmm like th- those seem like three stories that would make sense, and those are kind of the three main stories in this movie, but they're like not, you know, they all take place like they're all the same story, but they're so disconnected. It just feels kind of jumbled, honestly. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a much better movie to have. Yeah, it it would have been more like coherent, I think. Um. The ending of this movie is like a Shaw Brothers movie. <laughs> like with the, the Kung Fu movie. It does end. Yeah, like no falling action. Um, I was not a fan of that final scene. I did not think it was very climactic. No, no. Uh, I, I liked... I was like kind of la- like giggling because it was so cheesy yeah. and over the top. And it really didn't feel like it fit with the rest of the movie. <laughs> It's like, what do they want you to think the judge is? Like, he he's like this skeptic. Like, you know, the, like, yeah, the, he go- the, he's a representative of the changing time. Like, he rejects superstition, right? But then mm-hmm. somehow he knows to go to the coven with his <laughs> holy claymore, right? Yeah, like, I took it as, like, he he went away and learned a bunch about it and was like, track down a sword that he needed to kill a demon with but it's like none of that is shown and none of that is really explained and it's like how can you really you know accurately infer that if the yeah whole exactly movie had you believe that he's not interested in that kind of thing and probably wouldn't even know where to start right yeah like, and like you said in the beginning he's like a, a really unlikable character and then he comes back in the third act and he's meant to be like what this like badass demon slayer that like yeah, everyone it's like, is rooting for i don't know yeah and it's like i thought that would have been somehow ralph or the the you know the betrothed guy you know like 
somehow they save the day or something. But no, it's the shit-eating, greasy judge. <laughs> Looks like Papa John in his Reckoning video, like the whole movie. <laughs> Shows up covered in grease and says, Don't worry, I'll kill the demon. Like, that... Why? Why him? Like, it, it seems like they were just trying to piece together these disparate stories into a coherent 90-minute narrative. I guess 100 minute more more accurately around that time. Um, and it just, I don't know. Like, I want to like yeah. this movie. And a part of me, I feel like, is being too lenient with it in my own head. Because I say all this stuff. But I did enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it, but the more we talk about it, the less I kind of remember it fondly. But in the end, it's a short watch, and mm-hmm. there's stuff that you can get enjoyment out of. I don't think there's any like deeper themes or anything like that. Um, I was reading that the director said the central... Th- this is a quote I have. I, I'm not remembering this. Uh, the central theme of the whole film was the stamping out of old religions not by Christianity, but by an atheistic belief that all sorts of things must be blocked out of the mind. So the judge represents a dogged enlightenment, if you like, who is saying, don't let these things lurk in dark corners, bring it out into the open and then get rid of it. When it becomes a fully-fledged cult, it will show itself. That doesn't really work, though. I, yeah, I don't think because I get that, and I, I like a part of me understands what's that a that's dog what it's trying like to be, like dogmatic, like right. uh, d- dedicated, like that's what I thought. I was thinking of dogmatic, but I've never heard of like dog. Yeah, like you're you know one track with it. Like this is the way we're gonna do it. You're zealous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I could kind of see that that's what they were going for but like there are other movies that do that a lot like a lot of a lot of ghibli movies do it like mononoke kind of does that right Mm -hmm. um hell excalibur did it you know like to a lesser extent that's a theme in that movie like the death of paganism and in that movie it is christianity has come in you know and kind of Mm -hmm. wiped that out um but it's just a bit of a bizarre thing, because in all of those movies, it's just regular pagans, you know? They just happen to be praying and to pagan gods and doing pagan craft, you know? Like, that's all it is, right? They're a bunch of Wiccans. They're not devil worshippers, you know? Like, it kind of falls apart when you're, you're coven consists of a bunch of assholes murdering each other. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? that He's not, like, like, that's not, like, the old religion. When you set phrases it like that, it sounds like a nostalgic kind of thing, you know? Like yeah. a time long gone that should, you know, oh, man, remember the good old days, <laughs> right? You don't have the good old days with a devil cult, you know? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, because a lot of the trappings of everything they do in that movie are presented as if they're just a traditional, like, pagan cult. You know, they, I mean, it's like, they look like Midsummer characters, right? Yeah. Like, they're they're dressed in white, they've got little floral things on, and then, oh, all right, it's time for the daily ritual rape and murder. Like, well, now, hold <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
maybe I'm just missing something there, but I I don't know if I buy yeah. that a hundred percent. I think he just wanted to make a movie about a hairy demon claw. <laughs> Um, I will say this is not really the film at all, but I watched this on YouTube and it was like uploaded on some channel that just like uploads like full movies, but I guess to avoid copyright, they just have these two guys like in the beginning and in the middle talking and they, these two guys loved it, dude. They, they were like middle-aged men and they were kind of, I, I want to say they were dressed in like Victorian era clothing and they were like smoking cigars and drinking wine. And they're like, today we have a wonderful film selection for you from 1971. The Blood on Satan's Claw. <laughs> Aaron, are you saying you didn't buy buy this movie? Uh, and well, you watched it? It was on YouTube for free, okay? All right, right. Well, you know that was probably not obtained. Uh, but do you think they uh, have a copyright license on that? I don't, there was a copyright disclaimer at the beginning that said it's fair use. Because... Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. Then. That's yeah, fine. yeah, that's, yeah. We're all good then. Um, but they liked it. Um, I mean, it's okay. I'm not like a huge fan. Uh, do you want to get into ratings? Or do you have anything else to say about the blood on Satan's claw originally releases Satan's skin, apparently? Uh, I much prefer uh, the blood on Satan's claw to the blood on Satan's skin. I'm having a hard time saying those. No, just called Satan's skin. Oh, just Satan's? Oh, well, then I definitely yeah. prefer it to... I mean, blood <laughs> on Satan's skin would be better than that, but still not as good Satan's as Satan's skin claw. kind of sounds like a porno. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like something you'd see in, like, the... What are those things? Aero films? You ever heard of those? <laughs> no, like They're, like, European. They're, like, Danish. There's some kind of... It's some Scandinavian company, and they do a lot of... It's, like, Criterion, but for B-movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. But for B-movies and Scandinavian crime dramas. Like, that's basically what they are. Um, and it sounds like something you'd see on those, like a Tinto Brass movie or something like that. This, it's like, uh, is it a porno? Maybe. Like that's. <laughs> I just got a, a random thought. If, if this movie was a little bit worse, it feels like something that would be on Best of the Worst. Has that kind of energy? Yeah. But it, but it'd be one of the best. It would be one of. It the would best be one of the best. best. Yeah. Because it, it's like it, it's nothing compared to something like Rotor or, or uh, you know, any of the fucking trash. I don't know if they've ever even watched Rotor. I just I just remember What's seeing Rotor? Rotor once. I don't know. It's about a mm, cop and he's a robot or something. I don't know. Do Number one that? Rotor fan out there. Get on. Me. How do you spell that? R-O-T-O-R. It's all caps oh. and there's uh, it's like an acronym. Oh, I see word. it. Released the same year. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This is the tagline. Isn't this just... The tagline is judge, jury, and executioner. Oh, it's dread. I mean, I know that's like a common thing, but isn't that just also the dread tagline? Uh, probably. Robotic... I mean, it's... Oh, it stands for Robotic Officer Tactical Operation Research. A prototype robot intended for crime combat escapes from the development lab and goes on a killing rampage. I see it's on your watch list. I'm at, I'm putting it in my watch list. Maybe we'll watch it one day. The director also directed uh, Bell's Magical World. Beauty and the Beast directed DVD thing. Oh man, what a what a prolific filmography, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we should talk more about the movie for the sake of, you know. 
I don't know what else talking. to say though. Um, did we talk about the the, the sets? It's okay. It's fine. Sometimes it didn't feel very. It felt like a made-for-TV movie. Like, yeah, like, like, it, like it looked old, but it didn't look old enough, you know? Yeah, I, I, it's like enough for me to suspend my disbelief, but not enough for me to not notice that. Like, yeah. it looks like a Victorian house that just happened to be in the woods somewhere, you know? I can sum up my thoughts on the sets, the costumes, and the cinematography in that it felt like a TV movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But then again, like, this is very old. Like, I'm I'm comparing it to, like, made-for-TV for movies from, like, I guess I'm thinking of, like, 90s, early 2000s. So, for the time in the 70s, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. It reminds me of a movie we had to watch in, like, high school or middle school that I think was also about witches. I don't remember what it was, though. And I don't know if you had that class. Crucible? Crucible? No, the Crucible was an actually like it was actually like a theatrical release. It had Daniel Day Lewis in it. No, it um, wasn't that. I'm pretty sure this was actually a made-for-TV movie because it was really short and it was just about the Salem witch trials. Oh yeah, you know what? That that comes up in my memory sometimes, believe it or not. Because when I watched it, it was it would have been I think it was eighth grade. Well, it was the same class that you spilled my milk in. At yeah. One time. And uh, do you remember what it was called? No, I, 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 I can't for the life of me. I just remember it sometimes because it had the issue like in some of these old like VHS, you know, where like characters are like kind of see through. Yeah, I remember that. I, that's what that's why I always remember it because I exactly same. And whenever I see that in something, <laughs> I get reminded of that fucking Salem Witch Trials movie. Yeah. But for some reason, I was I was thinking you meant like more pro, like actual witches, like literal, like oh, you yeah. know, they're summoning things. No, this is like a historical drama or something. And yeah, I just always remember. Yeah, I wish I had your class. There was a scene where two characters were talking, and you could see like the fireplace and candles like through them. How does mm-hmm. that happen? I don't know. It probably. <laughs> Because that doesn't make sense. That, like, I can't wrap my head around that how that happens. Because it wasn't like a green screen, but how can, how can, like, <laughs> how can, like, the set that the actors are blocking, like, render? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I let's, don't. Um, can we look that on. up? Why are old I'm, I'm going to do it right now. We have time, you know. Yeah, we got some time to kill. Why are old movies transparent? Why are old movies so boring? That sounds like something Edie would say. No, like, are we hallucinating? Because, like, no, I know that. I don't get any happened. articles about anything like this. Here's something from like a forum. Millennials don't really care about classic movies from the New <laughs> York Post. No, this guy's talking about crossfades. Is that what it is then? Are we just small brain? I don't think so. I think this guy's talking about something else. Oh yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that crossfade would do that, but that's not yeah, that's not what we're thinking of. Yeah, and someone else Like is... I mean it's literally it's not a cut. It's people just in the scene yeah, being it... transparent. And I see it sometimes still. So like I, I it's not just this one movie. Yeah, I feel like I saw it in something recent, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I can't either. I maybe I, something we watched together because we're both remembering it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> if anyone know, if anyone is actually listening this far and actually knows that, let us know. Because like sometimes in what we're talking about, if we didn't make it clear, sometimes in older movies, I think, yeah, it's always older movies. You can like see through characters, like they're transparent. Briefly, it's, it's really just, weird. and I think it has something because I've only ever noticed it. It's like a seventies into like nineties thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, a, I don't know if it's like a VHS thing or something. It like, could be, yeah. And it's not like a transition thing. Like, it's just like in the middle of the scene. Like, it's yeah, not like, yeah. Like you were saying, somebody's it, in front of the fireplace and you can see the fireplace. Yeah, like, it's not like an intentional effect or something like that. Um, yeah, I can't find anything about it. It's just like forum posts about how they do transparent effects in like sci-fi movies and stuff like that. But like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> noticed. We're the first to notice, Aaron. <laughs> This this commonly accepted, this commonly known thing. <laughs> there's got to be a really simple, like, reasoning to it, right? Yeah, because, like, if there's nothing about it, the only implication there can be is that it's so fucking obvious. Nobody's felt the need <laughs> to ask the question. And we're just idiots. But I still yeah. don't know. I like, still I feel, can't I feel really it. stupid, but, like, I really... Is it, like, exposure or something? Is it... Does it have... Yeah, may- maybe. I still don't understand how that works, though. Like, but <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, All right. Well, do you have anything else to say about this film? Because I don't think I do. We talked about. Yeah, there's nothing to talk. Hey, fuck it. All right. Yeah. You know what? There's nothing more to talk about. <laughs> All right. That's the blood on Satan's nutsack. Let, uh, go on. We can, we're done. Uh, we're done. I, I'm done. Okay. I go first, right? Yes, you go first. You go first because you recommend. All right. Yeah. Well, we already know what I'm recommending, but I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. I didn't hate it, though. My viewing experience wasn't terrible. Um, like I said, in the end, it's only what? It's like 80. It's like 90 minutes, right? Something along that. So it's not like it's not a bore to set through. There are aspects of it like I really like, like uh, Angel and the actress who played her and all the really creepy culty stuff with like the kids. And we didn't touch on it that much, but I I, I did like the priest storyline. Mm-hmm. But then that also plays into a negative because it was just kind of dropped, much like a bunch of storylines and characters in this movie. Um, Part of me wants to go five, but I think I'm going to go six. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though we talked more about what we didn't like, I think the aspects that I did like kind of outweigh the parts that I disliked. Not by much. So, enough for me to give a six, though. There you have it. I feel like... I don't know, because I'm kind of torn, because I feel like giving it a seven or a six, but I don't think it deserves a seven. Like, I just feel like a seven, but, like, this is... And I know I normally say go with your gut on things like that, but I don't feel like I can in good conscience give it a seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, I just, I'm frustrated by the character stuff, which I didn't really think about too much until we started talking. Yeah. About, like, how they drop everything off so quickly. And that, that really has come to affect, I think, my rating of it. But I do otherwise. Well, I mean, I, I completely agree, I suppose. So I think I'm just going to have to give it a six. All right. But I, I, yeah, I, I might change my mind. We'll see how it goes, but it won't go yeah. any lower. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Sixes. Sixes all around. Six out of ten. Call this. Your movie sucks. It's all. Everything's a six.
Like, more like a seven, if that helps. Closer to a seven than a six. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, recommendation time. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to recommend uh, Godzilla vs. Kong 2021. It's not even out yet, but it will be out um, on the 25th. So if anyone has HBO Max, you can watch it there. So get hyped, because next week we're going to have a very famous Letterboxd user, Ricky Bobby, on the show. Big guest. It's a big get for us. Um, One of the most popular users on Letterboxd. I can't wait to have him on the show. Get into his thoughts. He has some controversial takes. He's got a lot of hate for his Rogue One opinions, but um, oh yeah, that's he's yeah. infamous for those. Yeah, but he has a pretty big following, a pretty big fan base. So I'm I'm excited to see what he thinks of Godzilla vs Kong, the movie that I think was supposed to come out November of last year. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see a big lizard fight a big monkey, and yeah. I know big monkey gonna win. Yeah, are you team big monkey? I'm team big monkey I'm all, all the way, yeah, bro. I hated same. his other. I, I listen. I don't like the Godzilla movies that much. It better be big monkey. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on team big monkey. Uh, I think Gabe is also on team big monkey. So. Finally, he has a good opinion for once. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty biased podcast. Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be him, just to be so utterly insignificant and pathetic <laughs> in every way. But at least he can recognize the superiority of Ape yeah. when he sees it. So just uh, putting it out there, a trigger warning to anyone listening who might be on Team Big Lizard. Next week, we're really going to be biased towards Big Monkey. So. Um. Alright, well, that's the show you can uh, follow this podcast on twitter at the loft 98 you can follow trevor on twitter at the underscore pt 99 and you can follow us both on letterboxd i am at scrub thug and trevor is at pt 99 those are the plugs this is the show thanks for listening everyone to this week's episode and make sure to tune in next week be careful where you plow you never know what you Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.